Hello and welcome to The Book Group, a fortnightly podcast by me, William Shaw. Every day, up and down the country, in pubs, clubs and front rooms, hundreds of people are meeting to discuss books. The Book Group is one of the biggest cultural phenomena of our time. But all this largely goes on in private. So every fortnight I've decided to gatecrash a different book. Hi, I'm William. I'm, um, I'm just lurk, lurking at it. I'm, I'm doing a podcast about book groups. So I'm just coming to it. Are you? Yeah. It's a filthy Wednesday night in Brighton. The rain is tipping down. But I make it to a beautiful little pub in the middle of the town called the Regency Tavern. The seats are red velvet and leopard skin and the wallpaper is pink with a gold Regency stripe. Gold statues and chandeliers, and the whole place is slightly kitsch. Behind the bar, the landlady introduces me to her dog. What's his name? I ask. Bukowski, says the woman. Oh, a literary dog. Kind of, says the landlady, but I also named him that because he's one for the ladies. I'm here to meet the Brighton Queer Books Group, and I've turned up a little early to meet Emma the woman who runs it. I'm Emma Barnard and I live in Brighton and I started this book group, Brighton Clear Books Group in 2012 and we're still going after five years. Every book group seems to have um, one or two people who make things happen and uh, Emma's one of those. Um, Though tonight turns out everybody's not going to be able to make it. Yeah, Dawn sent her apologies, oh. which is a shame. I like yeah, I like Dawn as well. And she's, yeah. But she's, she, has, she has given me some feedback about the group, though, about the book. Good. So, um, I can... The book they're discussing this month is James Baldwin's 1962 novel, Another Country. But before they start, Emma tells me a little bit about how the group came together. Emma is a forensic occupational therapist. But unlike most people you meet in Brighton, she was actually born here. But she ended up mostly working in London, which is where this all began. Well, initially, um, I went to the London Queer Books Group. So at the time, I was commuting to London. So I was working in London during the day. Really wanted to attend a book group. So I just looked on Meetup, saw what was available. Really wanted to attend a, an LGBT book group, actually. Um, I found that one, went to that for a few months. Um, but as the winter drew in and the you know the commuting got longer and everything, I started to struggle to to attend. So I was reading the book but not really attending. So the two organisers, I just asked them if they would mind if I set up a sister group in Brighton, um, and they were really keen on the idea actually, and said yeah that's absolutely fine. But all we ask is that you keep to the same format and also make the web page look similar. So there's a kind of branding to to the group. I, I noticed that there is, isn't there? Yes. yes. Using the same same sort of head yes. header as the. Uh, London group. Yeah. And what was it so great what was it so great about the London group that really got into you got um, interested? I think what I really liked was the fact that it was about LGBT literature and not necessarily LGBT people attending. So it was quite um, a range of people. I mean there were a lot of gay people attending but there was a range of people attending and actually it was about the the love and the value of the literature itself. So I, I guess that kind of it wasn't just turning up and it being like the books being a side issue. People genuinely wanted to read those books. Yeah. So that, that I suppose, I, I really liked. And, uh, you know, and it just felt a bit of a pity that I, I just wasn't going to be able to attend. And I also thought there was just a really big gap for something like it down here, considering there's such an LB, you know, large LGBT community in Brighton. Um, there are book groups. 
Um, but there wasn't, I couldn't find one that was specifically about gay literature. So there was a gap. We are very faithful to the fact that we, we only read books that are either a gay protagonist or so, sometimes a gay author, but generally there's a, you know, a gay theme or a gay character within the book as well. And how wide is that? What's the most, what's the extremes of that that you've read? What's the, you know, what's... Um, I suppose I can think of a book by Jonathan Harvey, which I think was called All She Wants. Uh, and he, he writes for a lot of soap operas, actually, and he's gay himself. But the actual book, I mean, it was really tenuous link to actually any gay characters because the central character was a heterosexual woman, and I think it was her brother or a friend or something that was a gay man, but he, was, he wasn't very present in the book at all. So actually, well, after we read the book, we thought, well, I don't know that that quite met our criteria, but I guess on first glance we thought it would, and it had been written up as being an LGBT book, but it really wasn't. And then I suppose the other end of the scale is a book by someone... Merrick called um, The Lord Won't Mind, which is quite old now. I think it's 1950s or 60s, and it really is kind of soft porn to the point where the male members of the group came in and said we were really embarrassed that the women in the group were reading this because it's just so explicit and really explicit for its time. But at the time, it was probably quite groundbreaking. It's an American book, but it was probably, you know, there wasn't anything similar. So that's probably the most extreme of the two ends, I guess. Um, but generally, I suppose we read a lot of the kind of Sarah Walters, uh, Neil Bartlett, the kind of quite popular authors. But we do try and mix it up. And I think that's why people come, because we, we read things you wouldn't normally, perhaps someone wouldn't normally pick up. How do, how do you choose books then? What's, what's the protocol? So what we do is I bring along a list. I've got a very long list, which I can show you later. Um, and we have a look at that and people can bring their own suggestions as well uh, and then individuals can nominate and we normally nominate three or four books read out the synopsis for everyone in the group uh, and then we have a vote um, and then what we try and do is one month we'll read um, a more female book so it might be female author might be female protagonist and then the following month we read a more male book and we do have a few um, books that are maybe more transgender or bisexual and we throw them in as well but we do try and alternate it so it doesn't become just a lesbian book group because we went for a period where it was mostly women attending but we really didn't want it to go down that 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 road not just myself but other attendees as well that wasn't really what we were about so we just try and keep it quite balanced and that works quite well because we have quite a mixed attendance now has there have there been books that you've discovered through it that have really knocked you out Yes, now nope. whether I can remember them, I might have to look through the list. I mean, it's that we've read about 50-something books now, mm. so five years. It's, yeah, that's yeah. a lot of books. That's yeah. quite a wide shelf. Yes, yeah, and yeah. I've kept them all as well. So, um, yeah, we have got, yeah. Right. Um, there have been. Actually, I think one of them was um, Dancer from the Dance or Dancer of the Dance, or something, which is an American book, again, set around the time of the AIDS epidemic in, right. in, in New York. Yeah. And I thought that was amazing. Really loved that. Um, loved L um, London Triptych, which is by Jonathan Kemp. Really loved that book. But again, if you ask other group members, they'd say completely different books. You know, Dawn, who can't make it tonight, absolutely loves Neil Bartlett. So, you know, she'll rave and rave about Neil Bartlett. Hates Sarah Waters. I love Sarah Waters. Can take or leave Neil Bartlett. So again, that's, that's what makes it interesting because people come with their own views and their own favourites and experiences etc and that's why we, we do it because it's, it's just so much 
I suppose, more uh, richer experience to actually share the book and the thoughts about the book rather than just reading it yourself. You know, I love to hear when someone hates a book that I love because I want to know why. What is it that, you know, trying to, try and, trying to untangle that a bit, I suppose. So if it's going for five years, it clearly works as a group. What's made it work then? What makes it work? Um, I think the people who come, you know, that's that's the most that's the central thing. And you know, I've got probably three or four people who've come consistently for a few years. Um, then we have people who come for one or two months and then drop out completely. Then I've had people who've come for the first few months and then I haven't seen them for a couple of years and then they turn up and everyone's like, oh hi, you're back, sort of thing. Um, so primarily it's the people. Um, but it's a little bit of tenacity as well. I think it's a little bit of me just hanging on in there. And we have had months, you know, in the middle of deepest, darkest winter when it's pissing with rain and there's two of us and we're struggling, you know. And I'm just, no, we'll, we'll keep going. And then the next month or the month after, suddenly I've got 14 people again. So it's a little bit of hanging on in there and, and trying to make it work as well. So for most of the last five years, Dawn was a commuter, travelling up and down to London. And being a commuter is a great way to get through a lot of books. But last year something happened that put a spanner in the works. And last year, with the trains and the strikes, two hours each way started to turn into three and a half hours each way and just completely took over my life. So I actually stepped down from a managerial position to a non-managerial position a year ago um, and then just recently have now gone back into management again. But it, yeah, I stepped down for a year because I just couldn't tolerate the travelling anymore. It was just taking over my life. So. You can read on the train, though. You can read on the train, and I have. <laughs> but actually, the absence of that has had an impact on the book group, or, or my ability to read the book for the book group. Um, but yeah, you don't get to do much else in your life, really. Mm. And had you, you know, you don't, it was horrible. What a horrible time. Everybody was so pissed off. <laughs> it was right. just dreadful, absolutely dreadful. Yeah. I, could have, I, I got to the point where I could have actually murdered someone, literally. Yeah. I just was, like, so angry all the time. And so could everybody around you. That yeah, was the problem, yeah, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. horrible. I started to see fights and trains and things, and it's just people's just frustration level was just, yeah, yeah. unbearable. And have, uh, you know, is this a group that's made friendship, you know, that's made friendships between people who wouldn't have otherwise? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Dawn, who I've already mentioned, um, I've met probably 2000, probably 2012, early 2013, and we don't see each other very much outside of the group, but we do, and we've done other things. We've been to theatre and we've done um, a walk for Stonewall and things like mm. that. Um, and, you know, we're, I hope she won't mind me saying this, we're a slightly different generation, she's a little bit older than me, and I think I just wouldn't have, we wouldn't have come across each other if it hadn't been for the book group, so, yeah, I think definitely, you know. Um, but there are also people who come and um, invite friends or, or tell other friends about it, so or acquaintances, so they right. might actually have other people that come along and they know each other already through other forums or other meetups. And as you're a sort of specialist group, I suppose I should ask, what is it, you know, is there something that you've, you've learned of reading this sort of body of work in gay and lesbian literature that, that it has that actually other bits of literature don't have? Um, I think there's definitely time periods within the literature. So we'll refer to that kind of, you know, the AIDS epidemic in the, in the time of the 80s when there's a lot of stuff that's written at that time or slightly afterwards where it really, that's a kind of a strong feature of that time period. Um, and then there's books that maybe were coming out at the time there wasn't much else in much other gay literature around and so um, maybe they kind of were more popular than they would be now so there's a few kind of like uh, Ruby Fruit Jungle an early lesbian book who it was almost a must read at the time whereas now people who reread it after many years so I'm not quite sure why we made such a fuss about that you know but I think it was more about it became so popular because it had a, a gay theme rather than the quality of the book 
necessarily. And I guess books like that were kind of quite rare at the time. I mean, yeah. it was when I was at college as well. I remember it was one of those books that people had. Yeah, yeah. so so there were so few around that there were certain books that everybody read. I mean, Dawn definitely would talk a lot about that. You know, she said there was a bookshop um, on the Holloway Road or near Highbury Islington, you know, a few years, you know, 20 years ago or something, and you go in there and just to get the latest book, because there were so few. Whereas now, the breadth of work, I mean, it wasn't until I started attending the book group that I really realised how much there is, you know. I mean, I, I'd read every Sarah Waters and I'd read every, um, oh, I don't know, Jeanette Winterson, but I didn't know there was as much especially within, I suppose, gay male literature that there is. And, and I've really enjoyed reading a lot of that and I probably wouldn't have come across it or sought it out had it not been for the book group. I suppose I was thinking about that 80s stuff and you're reading, you're even reading James Baldwin tonight and, you know, yeah. it had, you know, it was inevitably quite edgy because of its media at the time. Is, yeah. is, is, is it, has the body of work changed? Has society's changed at all or anything like that? We, we have discussions about that, about wondering whether or not things have shifted a little bit, where there doesn't need to be those absolutely gay themes like the AIDS epidemic. Like, I mean, I, I think there was a, you know, it's been said before that, you know, Carol was the first lesbian book that had a happy ending. It was almost like it had to be that any kind of book that had a lesbian theme had to end in tragedy. You know, it had to be someone either died or, you know, was imprisoned or went mad or whatever it was. And now that's not the case, you know, it's kind of, it can be, it can be portrayed in a much more favourable light, you know, it's not the, I don't know, just the kind of outside of society and you will be punished if you do this type of theme and it's much wider, I suppose, now and that there are, you know, things can go well. well. <laughs> <laughs> that's really interesting and, and, you know, yeah, I can see why that, you can see as well, doesn't it, you know, there's this idea of, of, uh, of narratives that were completely out of joint have to end badly, don't they? Mm. Yeah. Um, the Queer Books Group have an ingenious system when it comes to reviewing books. At the end of each session, each member gives the book a score out of ten and picks a single word that sums up how they felt about it. In June, the crime writer by Jill Dawson was given 6.5 points. And variously, they found the book dark, compelling, variable and unconvincing. In March... They read A Single Man by Christopher Isherwood. That got 7.25 points. Wonderful, moving, incomplete, dry. So what are they going to give Another Country by James Baldwin? Well, it turns out that actually only one member of the group has actually completed the book this month. And that's Dawn, the woman who couldn't come because she's ill. Emma says she just hasn't had time to get around to it. She started, read a few pages but uh, made no headway. There's only actually one person around the table tonight who's made inroads into the book, and that's a primary school teacher called Nigel. Nigel's one of those people who never read at all as a child. He came from a family where books were something you didn't read. He remembers they had a bookshelf, but that was a kind of bit of furniture. Nobody actually took a book off the shelf. But when he went to teach a training college, he met a woman who told him she knew he was the kind of man who had loved books. OK, he said, pick one for me that you think I'd like. And she chose Enduring Love by Ian McEwan, with that extraordinary opening chapter involving a balloon accident. And from that point in, he was hooked, he says. So I asked him what he made of the James Baldwin. I did like it. Um... It was quite intriguing. Um, I didn't know where the book was going, um, and uh, the characters were quite deep. Um, 
the who I thought was the main character died quite early on and then I had no idea where the book was going. Um, I thought it was very experimental. Um, some of the characters were very well drawn and I kind of engaged with them, uh, other characters less so. I still haven't finished it and I still don't know where it's going. It'll be very interesting when I have finished it to see uh, uh, if it went anywhere or if it's all um, tied up or if it's just a sprawling book yeah. which is left um, just dipping into the lives of people of that time who uh, are gay or are friends with gay people and it's just a snapshot of um, that period in history in New York. Sounds like one of those books you recommend with a proviso, if you know what I mean. Nigel gives it seven points and chooses the word conundrum to describe his reaction to it. It isn't their book of the month, or their only book that they're going to read that month. If it is, I think they might be disappointed with maybe the plot. But I'm intrigued to know what Dawn, the woman who um, actually completed the book but couldn't make it to the book group, thought of it. So a couple of days later, I give her a call. William. It is. Is that Dawn? Can you Hi. hear me all right? Yes, it is. I can hear you fine. Um, so I really enjoyed myself, despite the fact it was a it was a very small group and you couldn't make it. You weren't well oh, together. What was up with you? I was. I had vertigo. I couldn't get stand up. Um, I I suffer from vertigo. I only get it about once every three years, but you can't literally stand up. You see, the room just spins. It's awful. Um, so you feel like you've lost a day of your life. I take. Um, I have medication, but you feel so sick. As you can imagine, you can't do anything. You can't go to sleep. But it wore off by about seven, but not fit enough to come to the book group, which is a shame because I love coming to the book group. Um, you know, even if I hate the book, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Dawn tells me that, like Nigel, she came from a family that never read books. I didn't read until I was 18. I never read a book until I was 18. And my first book I ever read... I went to a typical comprehensive school in the northeast. Um, I left 45 years ago, and we were just factory fodder. And my parents didn't read. My mum couldn't read or write. So I picked the book up when I was 18 in London. It was Ed McBain. And I think that's when I became a fan. Amy's probably, you know, I read every book he ever wrote. And then, and then for many years, I kept every book I ever read. I think it was to sort of prove I read them, if you know what I mean. Um, but now I... I um, take every book I read to charity show. So. Is there anything you've come across that's really surprised you that you've loved? Um, probably um, a couple of writers I've now will um, read that I wouldn't have normally done, but they're not from this book group. I found them before. And um, people like Neil Bartlett, uh, Colm Tolbin, I never know how to say his name, um, Patrick Gale. Um, you know, male readers I probably wouldn't have read because I'm an avid reader. I read about two books a week, but I read crime and thrillers. Uh, so that's my parents going to a book group to make me read what I call proper books. <laughs> but you're not, I was, uh, you know, apparently you're also not a big Sarah Waters fan either. No, I'm not. I'm unusual for a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, tell me about Neil Bartlett because, uh, you know, for people who haven't read them, what's so great about, about Neil Bartlett? Well, I, I've known Neil Bartlett since I was in my late 20s, um, I'm much older now, uh, as a theatre um, director. That's how I knew him. 
because uh, I've saw some of his players in the drill hall many, many years, 30-odd years ago. So that's how I knew him, and I knew he was the artistic director of the Hammersmith Lyric. And then I come across the book Skin Lane, and I was messed. I thought the book was hard to read, and it took forever. But it was the first book probably in a long time. I've, when I closed it, I left my hand on the book for a long time. I didn't want it to finish, which is unusual. <laughs> so that's, And then I've heard him speak, and I've seen a lot of his plays since, and stuff he's directed. Tell me about, you know, you're reading Another Country now, or you were, um, and, and I think you, we were, you win the yeah. prize for being the person who got who who read the most of it. Uh, Nigel got about 80%, oh, you said. Yeah. Right. No, I didn't. I, so I like him because I've read um, Giovanni's Room, um, and I love that, and I've read it twice for different book groups, and I think it's a lovely piece of work. I think he does great characterizations. Um and I know a bit about James Baldwin and himself, but this one, I just felt, it was just, it felt dated. It was a long slog to read for such a small book. Um, I just felt like every page took half an hour to read. So I probably didn't do it just as myself reading it. Um, so I just, I, I didn't find the characterization was very good. I don't think he can write about women. And I understood its time and its place, but it still feels now very, very outdated. You know, it's dated as such. You're supposed to give books a mark and a word. What, what's, what's the thing you gave to another country then? I think I give it six. And I think I, um, what did I say? Um, oh, I can't remember. Let's have a look. Because I sent it to Emma on a text. I do try to give feedback, even if I can't get to the book group. Because <laughs> I think it's only fair. I think sprawling, I put. I just thought it was a, a sprawling, long, wordy book to me. And what are you reading now? I'm just finishing. I've got about 40 pages to read of Karen Slaughter, The Good Daughter, a standalone novel by her. So, which is all right. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> been a real pleasure it's a lovely group i oh, know it's it is lovely emma works really hard at it it's yeah. just a nice group i like the way there's a couple of regulars and then people that come in and out of it which is lovely all right then. brilliant you did get and yourself thanks again that's brilliant bye bye well that was fun i loved that image of dawn holding onto the cover of the book the cover of skin lane after she'd finished it she didn't want the book to end One of the things I brought away from meeting this group was that thing Emma was saying about how reading these books often makes you focus on the time they were written in. Um, it really brought it home that for so much of the 20th century, I guess, books were pretty much the only place some people could go to discover gay and lesbian culture. And for many of readers, that body of work must have been like a, you know, a confirmation that they weren't alone or that they weren't weird or they were weird and it was fine because there were some other weird people there. Uh, you might be interested to know that the next book they chose to read was Guapa by Salim Haddad uh, which has just won the Polari Prize. It's published by Europa Editions. Other books they talked about were Giovanni's Room by James Baldwin, Dancer from the Dance by Andrew Holleran, The Ruby Fruit Jungle by Rita May Brown, um, Skin Lane by Neil Bartlett. I managed to cut out all references to A Place Called Winter by Patrick Gale, but a couple of them talked about that book several times. Um, and what else? London Triptych by Jonathan Kemp. 
And as a nod to the um, landlady of the Regency Tavern in Brighton, I should probably also mention Women by Charles Bukowski, though it's probably not the most feminist of books. If you've a book group you think I should meet, please get in touch at bookgroup at williamshaw.com. Find out more at williamshaw.com forward slash the book group. I'll be back in two weeks with another one. Until then, thanks for listening. Thank you.